0: Okay, so this week is Parsha's bow. The Torah portion is Bo, And um, where we're holding is that the Jewish people are still in Egypt. And Pharaoh, the guy in charge of Egypt, is still not letting them get out. The leaders at the time are Moses and Aaron, his brother. And in the previous Torah portion, we have seen how the Egyptians keep on getting struck by plagues. There is altogether, there's 10 of them. And in last week's Torah portion, we already had seven. So this week we're left with the last three. Just as an interesting fun fact, Bo, the name of the Torah portion, is uh, in the Hebrew it's spelled in two letters with two letters, base and olive. Now each Hebrew letter has a numerical value. Base has the numer- numerical value of two. Olive is one. If you add those two together, two plus one equals three, and that shows on the three plagues that are in this week's Torah portion last week the torah portion was um va'era that's spelled in the hebrew vav aleph reish aleph if you take the first letter and the last letter of last week's torah portion's name the vav and the aleph the numerical value is six and one equals seven and uh, last week's Star portion had seven of the plagues. So last week we had seven plagues. This week we have three plagues left. And Moses comes to uh, Pharaoh. And Pharaoh's actually ready to strike a deal over here. He says, you know what? You guys want to leave Egypt for a couple of days to serve your God? Okay, fine with me. At this point I'm ready to agree. But um, not everyone. And Moses says, guess what? That's not okay. God says everyone. So that means everyone. And if you don't agree to that, I guess we're ready for the next plague. And um, actually, Pharaoh was agreeing to send everybody besides for the children. And Moses says, we're not going without our children. This is like, uh, a reminder how the importance of our children that, no, we don't do anything without our children. Judaism is for everybody. We're not going to skip out the children. Oh, well, the children though are not that important. They don't need to be, they don't need to serve God the same way. They they don't need to follow any of the commandments. No, our kids are as vital and as as important to the Jewish people as from the youngest to the oldest, everyone is important. So, Pharaoh did not understand that. Pharaoh said, "Let everybody go besides for the children." Moses says, "No, we're not agreeing to that." So, it's time for the next plague. The locusts are going to come. So Moses stretches out his hand, his stick over Egypt and a powerful eastern wind blows in a massive amount of locusts. So many that the sky became dark. They blocked out the sunlight and they were everywhere. Now last week's story portion, the last plague we had was um, the plague of the hill, the hillstones with fire in them. And they destroyed everything that had been growing already, all the, the crops, the trees everything that would still have been somewhat edible had been destroyed, but a few things were still under uh, underground, growing then. Or they were above the ground, but uh, did not get destroyed by the powerful uh, hailstorm. Now come the locusts and they eat up everything inside. All those things that, that, that had still been left that were edible for the Egyptians are now being gobbled up by those cute little locusts. And, um, obviously, it was not so much fun for the Egyptians to uh, witness this. And, obviously, meanwhile, the Jewish people were not suffering from anything. And Pharaoh is really getting desperate. And he calls over Moses and Aaron and says, just please, please. And for the first time, here's a new one. Pharaoh says, I admit, I have sinned. Please forgive my sin. Pray to pray to Hashem. Pray to your God to just stop this already. And, okay, Moses prays that the locusts are going to go away. And God sends in a powerful wind from the west. And all the locusts get blown away. Including the locusts that had been salted and put away in jars. What the Egyptians thought, let's go eat them. At least we'll have that to eat. Yummy, delicious, salted locusts. No, not happening. Even those blew away. Um, but, no, Pharaoh did not, uh, did not let the Jewish people go. Even though the plague was over, he still insists, no, you guys are all going to be staying here. So it's going to be time for the ninth plague, which is the plague of darkness. And Moses stretches out his hand toward the heaven, and suddenly it was like someone turned off the sun. And for the next three days, it was pitch black wherever the Egyptians were. And they were walking very slowly. They don't want to bump into anything or anyone. Uh, they tried lighting candles or fires. And it was not working. It was not happening. Nothing worked. It was just dark and pitch black. But the Jewish people, it was light. But now actually we come to a part. That is not so comfortable to discuss. But it is part of it. And that is that during this plague. There was a, a reason for this darkness. Other than punishing the Egyptians. Um, and that is that for a lot of the jewish people living now in egypt they said you know what we're not slaves anymore we're not suffering nobody's torturing us nobody's beating us up we're free people we kind of enjoy ourselves over here if nobody's bothering us egypt is a pretty nice place to be it's always sunny you know good spot for tourists i'm not sure they said that but it's comfortable we're happy over here now what does god want us to do he wants us to leave egypt go out into the desert We're going to be getting the Torah, which is a book full of rules and commandments. Don't do this. Yes, do that. Why don't we just stay in Egypt? Much more comfortable. We'll just stay here. And God said, actually, that's not the purpose of all this. The purpose of all this is not that you can go be free from slavery and torture and then be a free man. The purpose of all this is that I'm going to take you out and make you higher. I'm going to make you into my nation following my loss, It's not just let's be free. It's let's be free so we can serve God. So if you don't want that part, then I don't want you to be free from Egypt. You're going to, I'm sorry guys, you're going to have to die in Egypt. So these people who all disagreed with God's plan, they said we want to be free. We don't want to be God's followers are now going to be passing away during this plague of darkness. And um, but God doesn't want the Egyptians to notice that because then the Egyptians are, the Egyptians are going to laugh and say, "Huh, God is not all uh, capable as Moses uh, makes him out to be. God says, listen, I'm able to take out some of the Jewish people, but not all of them. Too many of them. It's just too much for me to handle. And therefore, might the Egyptians say, therefore God is um, killing them off now in Egypt. He can't take them out. Well, that was not the reason why they were dying right now. But in order to prevent the Egyptians from saying that, God said, we're going to kill those Jewish people who need to be killed while the Egyptians can't see it. And then also the, Egypt, the Jewish people can get buried without the Egyptians noticing. And well, that was just uh, the first three days when it was just pitch black. This was followed by another three days of such darkness, it was a heavy kind of darkness that they couldn't even move. Whoever was standing when this darkness started St- remain standing. Whoever was sitting remained sitting. Whoever was in the middle, of bending down to tie their shoelaces—if they were wearing shoelaces back in those days—I don't know. Let's call them their their uh, their sandals. Whoever was busy tying up their sandals, of the Egyptians, stayed stuck tying his sandals or her sandals. Everybody was stuck, completely black, not comfortable, obviously. But this again had another uh, purpose, because God had said before the Jewish when before the Jewish people are going to be leaving Egypt, they are going to be um, getting treasures, payback from the Egyptians, money. And I want them to go to all the Egyptians and ask them for their money, and the Egyptians are going to have to give it to them. Now, obviously, the Egyptians are not going to be too happy about that, and they're going to be saying, oh, I don't have anything, I'm sorry, I'm poor, I have nothing to give you. Listen, I'd love to give you, but I don't have. So, therefore, God says, now, now during this three days of super-duper darkness, so so thick that the Egyptians can't move, The Jewish people can go around through their houses and look, see what they have. Don't take anything. That's considered stealing. You can't just take without permission. Go look around and see what these um, Egyptians have. Keep track of that. And when it's time to leave Egypt, go to your Egyptian neighbors and say, Hey, you guys, how about you give me uh, that silver bowl that you own? And the Egyptian is going to say, Silver bowl, don't have any silver I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, no, actually, it's hidden in the, the top drawer of your dresser in your uh, bedroom. Uh, and how about you? Can you please give me the pile of uh, coins? Oh, do I don't have any coins? Oh, yes, you do. Yes, you do. I know. It's hidden under the, the, the doormat uh, in your kitchen. Okay, okay. So that's what's going on during these three days of extra super-duper darkness, when it's so thick that the Egyptians can't move, the Jewish people are able to to... Browse around and see what the Egyptians, where they're hiding hiding their treasures. And okay, the darkness is over. The three days of regular darkness followed by the three days of very thick darkness. And everybody is, the Egyptians are all able to move again. And oh boy, Pharaoh sends right away for Moses and Aaron. And he says, go, go. You guys should really go worship your God. You want to take your children with you, go right ahead, take them with you. But the animals... Leave them over here in Egypt. Again, he's trying to outsmart God. And Moses answers him and says, No, no, no. We are going with all our animals too. And not only that, but you will end up giving us animals also. Oh, this is one step too far for Pharaoh. He explodes in anger. What? Wow, how dare you talk to me like that? I'm never, i never want to see you again over here. Never, next time I see you over here, I'll make sure you're killed. I've had enough of you and Moses says actually what you say is true you will not see my face in your palace again but we're going to be seeing how he will Moses and Pharaoh will meet up again but true it won't happen again in the palace and now something happens that hasn't happened before Pharaoh's palace is chock full with idols and whenever God wants to talk to Moses he's not doing it in such a place full of idols that that's disgusting for God but now God makes an exception and he starts talking to Moses while he is still in Pharaoh's palace. And he and Moses passes on God's message. And it is, God says, I'll go through Egypt about midnight, and every firstborn will die. From the firstborn from the most important people, the firstborn to the lowest people. Uh, they're all going to die. It's going to be terrible in Egypt. And When word went out that this is what's going to happen, this is the next plague that's going to strike Egypt, who do you think were not happy about this? Well, yes, obviously, the firstborn. They were very upset. They don't want to die. So they go over to Pharaoh and they go over to their families and say, can you just let the Jews go already? Because if not, we're going to end up dying. But the hatred that the Egyptians had for the Jews was so strong. They said, we're not letting them go. Too bad on you guys if you're going to die. Um, obviously, the firstborns were not so excited about that, and they said they started the fight. So it ended up being civil war in Egypt right then, right there. And the Egyptians' firstborns were fighting to just let the Jews go, and the rest of the Egyptians were saying, no, we're not letting them go. Um then we're soon going to discuss the some commandments that that God gives Moses for the Jewish people to get them ready, to get them up a notch a little bit, to to make them a little uh, higher on the spiritual ladder. By performing these commandments, they will be able to come closer to God and deserve to be redeemed from Egypt. So 15 days before the Jewish people were going to leave Egypt, God took Moses and Aaron out and said, Listen, I'm going to give you guys a new commandment, a new mitzvah, for the Jewish people to follow from now on, from now on, I want you guys to sanctify time. I want you to follow the moon, the order of the moon, and God showed them exactly what it looks like in the sky. If the moon is the this skinny, tiny uh, nail, so to speak, that looks at the smallest, that is when the new month starts. And God, and that became a mitzvah for the Jewish people to follow the calendar by the moon um and there is 12 months in the year so to commemorate the month in which um, the jewish people were experienced this miracle of leaving egypt that month is counted as the first month so the month of nisan which is when we celebrate passover when we left egypt that is the first month um and then it goes on to the second, third, etc. cetera. Um, the tenth day of the month of Nisan in that year was a, uh, a Shabbos. And on that day, the Jewish people got another commandment that they had to do. They had to um, purchase or get for themselves a little uh, lamb. And they had to, or a little goat. And they had to take that home with them and tie it to their bedpost for four days. Take good care of it. Make sure there's nothing wrong with it. Because they're going to have to use it as a sacrifice. Now, what was the big deal over here? The big deal was that that little sheep was the idol worship of choice in Egypt. And here we have all the Jewish people parading past Egyptians with their little goats or little uh, lambs. And they're tying them up to their bedposts. For four days. And the Egyptians were not too excited about it. Hey, what are, what are you guys, where are you walking over there with that, with that lamb? What are you doing? Oh, taking it home with me. Uh, Yeah, and then what are you doing at home with that? I'm going to tie it to my bed. Uh, you, Do you realize that this is my idol? I realize quite well. You're tying my idol to your bed? Oh yes, I'm doing that because my god has told me to do so. So this obviously was a very brave of the Jewish people because the Egyptians were not happy about that. And one miracle already is that none of the Egyptians st- tried to stop the Jewish people from doing this. They were powerless, helpless, watching the Jewish people get ready to sacrifice the Egyptian idol. And so the Jewish people all had that little uh, lamb or goat in their house for four days. At the end of those four days, on the 14th day of Nisan, they had to um, slaughter the animal. And they would have to roast it, but when you slaughter it, there's obviously some blood. They had to uh, collect some of the blood that was dripping out. And then they had to take three twigs from a certain plant. Uh, I'm not sure what it's called in English, a hyzop plant, up plant, I'm not sure, that plant take uh, three twigs, tie them up into a bundle, and take that and the blood and go to the front of their house, dip the bundle of twigs in the blood, smear one doorpost with blood, dip it again in the blood, and smear the other doorpost with the blood, and dip it again, and reach up and um, paint the, the top of the doorway with blood. Now, what was the reason for that? Because God said, Tonight, in the middle of the night, I'm going to come and kill all the Egyptian firstborn. However, I want to skip over, pass over the homes where the Jewish people are. How am I going to recognize what is a Jewish home, what is what is an Egyptian home? The ones that have this blood smeared in the front, that is obviously a Jewish home. Uh, you could ask the question, well, God knows the difference between what's a Jewish house and what's an Egyptian house. So why... What's the purpose of painting over here? Anyone could paint the doorpost red. What's going on? It obviously has to do with the, the, the measure of self-sacrifice that the Jewish people had to display over here. That they were able and willing to publicly slaughter the Egyptian idol and paint their doorposts with it. And that showed God, hey God, I'm with you. I choose you. I'm done with these Egyptians. I'm done with these idol worshippers. I just want you. And that was a reason enough for God to jump over the Jewish homes and only kill the Egyptian firstborn. And the Jewish people, all, all the men, had to make sure they were circumcised, because only circumcised people were and are allowed to eat from the Passover sacrifice, even though nowadays we unfortunately cannot bring the sacrifice. But when we have the temple again, Mashiach comes, Will be bringing that again. Um, But back then, so he had all the men ready, circumcised. They all had their Passover sacrifice that, um, and then everybody had to eat it with their family or with a select group of friends, everybody together. And God said, Everybody stay indoors because I'm going to be out there. I'm going to be killing every firstborn Egyptian. And so everybody, here we have every family is sitting at home. They're eating their Passover sacrifice. There's another two things that they're eating. They're eating matzah and they're eating maror, bitter herbs, which until today, every Passover, that is what we eat. It's a mitzvah from, from way back, way back when. So uh, these Jewish families are sitting at home and it's midnight and woo, there is a sound of crying going all around Egypt because... All the firstborn, every family of the Egyptians has suddenly died. Um, oh boy, are the Egyptians crying. And the Jewish people are happy and content in their own homes. And Pharaoh wakes up. His own firstborn is dead Whoever was firstborn, who happened to be in the palace at that time, had dropped that too. And Pharaoh is now getting really nervous because he is a firstborn too. And he is wondering, when is it my turn? How do I prevent this from happening? Oh, whoops. I better let the Jewish people get out of Egypt. So he starts running around trying to look for Moses. Like we said before. Moses had already warned him, we're not meeting up again in the palace. I'll meet you somewhere else because you'll be coming looking for me. And that is what's happening now. Pharaoh is running around middle of the night looking for Moses to pass him the message, get out of here, A-S-A-P. And so he's running around going through the Jewish neighborhood. Anyone seen Moses and Aaron? Anyone? I need to speak to them right now. And everybody's having fun pointing Pharaoh in the wrong direction. I think they went there. I think they're there. Until finally Pharaoh catches up with them and says, Moses, take the Jews out of Egypt Egypt, right now. And Moses says, excuse me, right now? My friend, it's middle of the night. We're not doing that now. We're not thieves that we have to steal out the middle of the night. We'll wait till the sun comes up. When it's daybreak, then we'll leave. And Pharaoh says, no, but I need you guys to leave now because I'm a firstborn. And if I don't give you permission to go now and you guys don't leave now, then I'm going to die. So Moses says, okay, Pharaoh, don't worry. I'll tell you what to do. If you run around and let all the Jewish people know that we're free, then you don't have to worry about suddenly dying as a firstborn. And that's what Pharaoh spent his time doing, running around letting everybody know that um, the Jewish people are free. And uh, uh, God had promised the Jewish people they're going to leave Egypt with a lot of riches, a lot of treasures. And if you remember what we mentioned earlier, that during the plague of the darkness, that is when the Jewish people went around looking for um, looking for the treasures that the Egyptians were hiding in their own homes. And now the time has come to go to the Egyptian neighbors and say, guys, we uh, worked for you for all these years as slaves. And now please pay us back. Now we want your treasures. And like we said before, the Egyptians started saying, oh, we don't have anything. And the Jewish people said, actually, we know exactly where you keep your stuff. Come on, hand it over. And that is what happens. And that's how the Jewish people had lots of stuff to take with them. Lots of treasures. Um, each Jewish person had 90 donkeys loaded with treasures. But they themselves, they took um, their leftover matzah and mortar from the seder that they had uh, celebrated during the night. They took that themselves they did not put it on their donkey. They put some dough over their shoulders, didn't have time to bake it. That went baking on their backs as they were walking in the desert sun. Now, Moses was actually busy with something else. Many years before, when the Jewish people were first arriving in Egypt, um, there was Joseph of the Jacob's sons. Joseph was in charge of, of Egypt. When he passed away, he knew that the Egyptians are not going to Let him get buried in the Holy Land so Joseph had said had asked his brothers promise me I'm I'm fine I'll stay here I'll be buried over here now in Egypt but when you guys leave or your descendants leave Egypt please don't forget about me take me along and they had promised him that now was the time to go get him to bring his his coffin up and take him along when they're leaving Egypt the problem is that the Egyptians They didn't want Joseph to be taken out of Egypt, so they had put him in a metal coffin and put him in the middle of the Nile River and that's where it sank. Now, good luck finding that so many years later. That's what Moses is trying to find now. Where is that coffin? We have to keep our promise. And he went to the Nile and he said, Joseph, Joseph, the time has come to leave Egypt. And he wrote God's name on a piece of pottery, threw it into the Nile and Joseph, Joseph's coffin came up from the bottom of the river, floated on the water, and Moses was able to take the coffin out of the water, and together with all the Jewish people, Joseph's coffin left Egypt, and actually for the next, I don't want to give away what's going to happen, but for the next 40 years, when the Jewish people were wandering in the desert, they had that coffin with them, and they eventually went into Israel, the Holy Land, and they buried Joseph over there in the city of Shem, where he is until today. And now the Jewish people are all ready. It's daybreak. Everybody gets together and they are leaving. And the Egyptians are, are rushing them out saying, just go, just go, just go, just go. It was an amazing uh, scene. Now, next week in the Torah portion, we're going to continue what happened after they left, and how the Egyptians suddenly said, "Hey, we want those guys back, and it's going to be a whole story again. We're not done with Egyptians yet. But we take a quick break at the end of this Torah portion to get some commandments, some mitzvahs, connected to this leaving of Egypt. Because as we said, it was the firstborn sons who who had been killed in Egypt, but not the Jewish people. Uh, So God said, so therefore I want... there, There are some commandments... In regards to the firstborn of the Jewish people, now really every, whenever a Jewish family has the firstborn son, not if it's a daughter, if the firstborn in the family is a the son, there's a special mitzvah called a pityon haben, and that is when the father of this firstborn boy has to give five silver shekels. that's a certain amount of uh, money to a kohen, a priest, when the child is 30 days old. And that redeems the child, so to speak, because God said, "You guys, you know, you owe me one." I saved you. I didn't kill the Jewish firstborns. So really, the Jewish firstborns belong to me. Um, but that's uh, a mitzvah. There's other mitzvah like that regarding the firstborn male sheep or goat or bull that was uh, brought as a sacrifice by a Kohen, by a priest. Um, and of all the non-kosher not animals could never be brought as a sacrifice, but there is a commandment specifically regarding the firstborn of a donkey. Because they were the ones who helped the Jewish people when they were leaving Egypt. They carried a lot of their uh, the treasures and their stuff. So um, that obviously can't be brought, brought as a sacrifice because it's not kosher. And sacrifices have to be from kosher animals only. So that has to get... Um, Uh, exchange for a sheep or a goat, which is then given to a Kohen, to a priest. Then we also have the mitzvah of Tefillin, which is a a mitzvah for men to put on every day, on their arms and on their heads, uh, leather straps with a a black box, and inside the box are pieces of parchment, and on it is written the story of the Exodus and the Shema prayer. It's obviously very... uh, a lot more to that than we can say, but being that this is just a, sh- a summary of the Torah portion and not a complete, full, uh, in-depth thing, we'll just uh, keep it at that. And that um, leaves us with just the half Torah. Okay, now we're ready to uh, focus a little bit on the half Torah. The half Torah usually um, it comes from the prophets, and it's connected to the weekly Torah portion. And the haftorah for Parsha's bow is actually from um, Jeremiah. And in this Haftorah, Jeremiah describes the uh, Egypt's downfall many years later uh, in the times when the Babylonians were uh, starting to act up in the world a little bit. And Egypt was a, a power on its own and Babylonia was an upcoming power. And The Haftor and Jeremiah actually discusses how God is talking, is is talking through Jeremiah, letting Egypt know that they're going to be uh, exiled for about 40 years. And afterwards, they'll never regain their former uh, might and power. And it will happen through the Babylonians. And uh, that obviously is connected to the Torah portion because we see how Egypt is getting punished for something. And... Actually, uh, interesting that in the Haftorah, the conquering Babylonians that are going to be um, taking care of the Egyptians are compared to locusts, which, if you remember, is the first plague that gets discussed in this week's Torah portion, the plague of the locusts. So that's the connection between the Haftorah and this week's Torah portion.